Hey, everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, parentsrightsined.org. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education affiliate chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training, information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Mask Mandates, Part 2. Subtitle, The Mouse That Roared. Mask, don't mask. That's the question. Do we mask or don't mask? Of course, we don't have forced mask mandates for public school children. It's simply not necessary. So if you're advocating for your child to not be mandated to wear a mask, we believe that you're doing the right thing, that you're standing up for your child. The second question that's come to our attention and is being discussed uh, in social media uh, to a great extent, and that is, do you send your child to school in defiance of school policy without a mask? Well, that's a good question. I believe that's up to the parents. That is up to, to parents to decide. Do we advocate that all parents send their children into school without a mask? Well, heavens no. If that's not something that you feel comfortable with, you don't think your children can handle, don't do it. Our attention was brought to a family in Illinois. Their three children attended school on the first day. And the way it was described was a mother in Williamson County, Illinois, shared a photo on social media of the first day of school. And all three of their children are holding suspension slips for not wearing a mask in school. So basically, those children were sent home. They were suspended from school. They're being denied their right to an education because they don't want to wear a mask. Not all children are capable of handling this. And certainly, we as an organization are not advocating that you do it, guys. We encourage you to unenroll your children. Just unenroll them. If you do that, you will send a very strong message to the school system uh, statewide that you are not going to tolerate the mandatory masking of your children. Either way you send this message is your choice. Isn't that what we're all about in this country? Doesn't the Constitution protect us from these forced tyrannical mandates that are being placed upon us in our local school districts and also by the state. Now, here's another interesting um, item we ran across in New Mexico. People send us these um, articles and we love it when they do uh, because it just shows you that there is a huge pushback. You're not the only one. And 
you know, for a long time, public schools have gotten away with this by telling parents, you know, you're the only one, gee, Mrs. Smith, you know, we haven't heard from any of the other parents. That is not the case now. And they know it. They're, you know, they're nervous, truly. The administrations in in every state in this country and, in, and including the National Education Association, they are worried that parents now know what's going on. And of course, I love hearing that. So here's this article about New Mexico School Board. They voted five to zero to go against the governor's masking mandate despite threats of removal. Now, what's so significant about this is that truly local school districts do have power. They have the power to accept or reject these edict by the state. State has been able to cause a lot of confusion and force school districts to do things they didn't want to do because because they've been intimidated. They've been intimidated by their state governments. But in fact, local school districts do have the power to make decisions about policy at the local level. You know, that's hard for us to to make happen when we don't have majorities on the boards. But in many, many school districts, the majority of board members are conservative. They do believe in local control and they just up until now didn't know how to enforce it. They didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to say it. They didn't know what to do. So this is the story. It's so cool, you guys. You're going to love this. The school board of Floyd Municipal Schools in New Mexico voted unanimously to reject the Democrat governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham's COVID-19 mandates for the next school year. Grisham's administration had previously threatened the Floyd School Board that refusing to follow requirements for schools would result in the termination of each school board member. Oh, they can't do that. Hey, they cannot force the termination of a school board member. These members have been duly elected by the citizens in that district. The Floyd board believes that the governor lacks the legal authority to make good on her threat. And they are exactly right. Now, here's the letter that the governor wrote to this school district. It just shows you how arrogant and tyrannical these governors are, the governor said. Dear members of the board, it has come to the attention of the Public Education Department that on Monday, July 26, 2021, the Floyd School Board held a special meeting and approved the actions listed below. Masks are optional. Social distancing is optional, a teacher's choice. No MERV 13 filtering. Transportation will return to normal. No temperature checks. Surveillance testing is optional for staff. If a staff member wants to be tested, okay, but it's not mandated. Athletic teams follow the rules of the teams they visit. Allow parents to pick up and drop off students to the classroom and resume all classroom activities and parent involvement. As you are aware, the actions above 
are inconsistent with the requirements put forward by the Public Education Department in line with guidance from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, and or guidance from the American Academy of Pediatrics to protect the health and safety of staff and students and to ensure continued access to in-person learning that is not disrupted by the spread of the COVID-19 virus. By noon on Tuesday, August 3, 2021, the board must take official action at a public meeting to rescind the actions listed above and or to adopt a course of action that conforms to the published health and safety requirements. Now, I'm still reading this letter that came from the governor. A failure, now here's where the threat comes in, a failure by the board to provide written confirmation of a vote rescinding the offending course of action and or adopting a course of action that conforms to the published health and safety requirements by noon on Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021, or any further violations of COVID safe practices could result in adverse licensure actions against licensed individuals, suspension of school board governance, and other applicable enforced actions. Any punitive actions by the board against the superintendent, other administrators, or school or district staff for following COVID safe practices may result in immediate suspension of school board governance. Furthermore, the district will be subject to ongoing monitoring and site visits to ensure compliance with health protocols. That's the letter, guys, from the governor in New Mexico to this very practical, I would say, parent-respectful board who is representing the wishes of their local community and the parents in their district. A follow-up article by Eastern New Mexico News on August 4th, the day after the school board meeting, is titled, Floyd Continues to Defy State on Mask Mandates. The Floyd School Board didn't change its mind about implementing state-mandated COVID-19 mandates Monday night. And it doesn't plan on going anywhere after declining to follow them. With an audience encouraging them to hold firm Board members declined to reverse their July 26 votes to make face coverings, social distancing, and other COVID protocols optional at Floyd Municipal Schools. Instead, the board unanimously voted to place Superintendent Damon Terry on paid administrative leave pending further legal advice and send a letter to the Public Education Department arguing it had no right to remove board members as threatened by the department last week. Quote, I believe tonight is a victory for the state of New Mexico, unquote, board president Leon Null told the news following the meeting, which included a 30-minute public comment period and an hour-long executive session to discuss the matter with counsel. He added, the board's purpose is to support education for the district students. Nall did not elaborate on the reasons for placing Terry on leave, 
but said there was no disagreement between Terry and the board. When asked if the board put Terry on leave to protect him, Nall said yes. Nall declined to identify the board's counsel, but other board members confirmed counsel was recently retained for the issues at hand. Under Section 22.214 of New Mexico state statutes provided by the board prior to the meeting, the New Mexico Public Education Department, quote, shall give written notification to a local school board, local superintendent, and school principal as applicable of any failure to meet requirements by any part of the school district under control of the local school board, unquote. The board has 30 days from receipt of the written notice to comply with the requirements. Education Secretary Ryan Stewart sent that notice on July 27th. Should the board fail to comply by August 26th, the statute allows the secretary, after consulting with the Public Education Commission, to suspend the board's authority and responsibility and have the Public Education Department act in lieu of the board. The process requires a public hearing at least five days prior to the final decision. And the board has the opportunity to appeal in district court. That process would fall to Kurt Steinhaus, who will take over as secretary August 20th. Current secretary Ryan Stewart announced Thursday he planned to leave the post for family health matters. The PED provided the following statement from Stewart Tuesday afternoon in response to the meeting. Quote, the public education department leaders respect our school board members and the critical role they play. We sincerely believe they want the best for their students. In this instance, the state cannot permit a local board to knowingly put students, staff, and families in danger by ignoring scientific and medical guidelines designed to mitigate the spread of COVID-19, which has already claimed the lives of over 4,000 New Mexicans. It is not our wish to be combative or punitive in the process. We must take all actions necessary to ensure that the proper safety measures are in place to stop school-based spread of the virus, unquote. This is why it is so important to know what our rights are, guys. The article goes on to paint a picture About 100 audience members from Floyd and elsewhere encouraged board members to stand up against the PED, with many disputing the effectiveness of masks and recounting the emotional toll pandemic restrictions have caused to students, families, and staff. Fewer than a dozen of those in attendance were wearing masks, quote, I retired last year because of this, said Donna Tivis, a former teacher with the district. You're losing teachers. You're losing students to Texas. I love this state, but I don't love what's going on. Angie Smith of Portales likened the battle to David and Goliath, noting that David wins. David always wins. Former Floyd Superintendent Paul Benoit said it would be important that Floyd did not stand alone on the matter and other audience members encouraged the crowd to call the other 88 New Mexico school boards and encourage the same actions.
I hope you stick to your decisions, said Josh Parkin of Clovis, who has been an outspoken critic of PED actions at Clovis Municipal School Board meetings. I hope that other schools notice and follow suit. Portali's teacher, Wade Fraze, said he didn't plan to speak at the meeting, but said many educators are afraid to speak out under fear of retribution from the PED and Governor Michelle Grisham. You shouldn't be afraid of the public education department, Fraze said. More than a dozen spoke at the meeting, all of them in support of the board's July 26 decisions. Hold firm. We've got this, said Adam Burns. They can't get rid of all of us. And that's right. They can't get rid of all of us, can they? There's something going on here, and it's very exciting. In smaller, more rural school districts, parents are rising up, and they are saying, enough is enough. We are taking our school districts back. We're taking our schools back. Why are they so focused? Because honestly, not all of these folks can homeschool. There are not enough private schools and charter schools to take all these kids in. They just can't do it. Practically speaking, it can't happen. In addition, local residents of small communities are realizing that not only have their schools been taken over by progressives, left-leaning, Marxist-thinking individuals, but their city councils have as well. The city councils, the uh, park and rec department, the water boards, you name it, all of these small local positions have been taken over by the other side. And we must stop it. We have to stop it. That means that no small job is unimportant. They're all important. In fact, I believe that the local jurisdictions are the most important jobs. And that includes school board. That includes the city council. That includes the water board. We need to have a new mindset. And that mindset must be, do what the Constitution taught us. Be involved. Take a role in civic government. Take a role. The reason that we have lost control of our schools, that's just one example, and that we've lost control of our state governments is because of systemic complacency. While we were taking a break, resting on our laurels, and just allowing things to, you know, move on down the track, the other side took advantage of us. They swooped in. They, they ran for all these lower offices, and they won. And our side didn't even know who they were. Many of us voted for the leftist progressives that now rule over us. While our side took a back seat, uh, went to our timeshares, you know, worked hard, uh, continued to, to build our businesses, create wealth, attain uh, private property, 
The other side was raising our taxes, taking more control over our private lives. I'm not pointing the finger at all of us because many of us have been fighting for a long time. But the question has always been, in my mind, how bad does it have to get before we wake up? I think it's starting to happen. Thanks for listening. We'd love to have you join us. Please fill out the form on our website called Join Us. Oh, and one last thing. Would you be willing to support us financially? We are 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. And that means that you can take a tax deduction for any amount you give. I encourage you to join the 12 by 12 Club. That's $12 a month for 12 months. If you do that, you will receive a complimentary parent guide as long as supplies last. Go to our website, parentsrightsined.org, and click on the Donate button. Thanks so much for joining us and helping us do what we do here. This is Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now.